Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, it's going fantastic. I'm just here exercising my free speech rights by talking to you. Very nice. Um, Lots of wrong think going to be happening, I suspect, in this conversation. Oh, we're all about the wrong think. Um, so I wanted to bring up a couple submissions we had from our subscribers. So first, though, I'll tell people if they want their topics to be covered on our podcast, they should head over to thelibertyexperts.com and become a subscriber. One, it really helps us and we really appreciate it. And two, they'll be able to submit their topics as well. Um, so these are both sort of about around the topic of free speech. One is how free should free speech go? Should people be free to lie about people, libel? Should they be free to yell fire in a theater? Can, if right. you convince someone to kill another, should you be imprisoned? Right. Um, so yeah, let's, let's start, start with, with that, that one. one. Um, and let's, you, you, you start, cause I know you have lots to say about this. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, from a libertarian perspective, um, free speech is, is just, uh, another way of saying property rights. Um, free speech is, is the recognition that I own my body. This is mine. And you don't lay a lay hands on it unless I'm, uh, about to rape you rob you, kill you, assault you. Okay. You can't touch this unless something like that is about to happen or has happened. Then you can use force against me. So in other words, if I say words, if I make sounds with this mouth hole, uh, you can't use force against me. Okay. That's the first thing. Now that same right that I own my body that I own, you know, this, um, and, and you own yours means out in public or on your property, um, uh, I can't uh, assault you for the words you say. I can't take money from you and call it a fine. Uh, I can't uh, throw you in a cage and, and lock you up for your speech, for the words and the sounds you're making with your pie hole. Um, but that same right also says, you know what, David, if you insult my wife or daughter at my kitchen table, I can kick you off my property. You don't have the right to say whatever you want in my house because then you become a trespasser and now I can kick you out. All right. And I can use force to kick you off out if you are refuse to go willingly. Mm -hmm. So that's how I conceive of free speech. It's simply a property right. So now we look at the examples that he gave here. Uh, one was, uh, I think shouting uh, fire in a crowded theater, uh, falsely. Let's assume it's a false fire, <laughs> you know, cause obviously yeah. we would want people to yell fire if there is a fire. Um, well, does that go against the rules of the theater? Yes, it does. Um, does it violate the rights of the patrons there when they trample on each other because they are, uh, they rightly think that there's a fire and someone gets hurt? Yes, that's, that, those are words that are causing physical harm and they are violating property rights. So you can't yell fire in a crowded theater because it violates any, or, you know, maybe a theater owner has a theater where the rule is, Hey, you can yell falsely yell fire whenever you want. And everyone goes into the theater knowing that, okay, then it's fine. You can yell falsely yell fire. Maybe that's the fun of going to the false, the, the yell fire theater. Um, uh, 
so, and I think that's an interesting um, example because uh, that was the example I think uh, um, Holm used, uh, Justice Holm used in his case against free speech, right? He was prosecuting people that were anti-war at the time. I think they were anti-World War I or something like that, and they were handing out flyers. And he basically equated that with falsely yelling fire in a crowded theater or something like that and said it's harmful and must stop. So again, this has to be looked at from my perspective as a property rights violation. The other example of lies, okay, if it's a lie that deprives someone of their property, then we call that fraud and we consider that a violation of property rights, right? So if, if I'm selling you something and I falsely claim it's something it's not, um, then, and, and I, and it's you give me money, contract. it's an invalid contract. I lied to you to get, get your money and gave you something that's a dud or a fake. Um, I violated your property rights. Okay. That lie violates property rights. Now we've, we've done episodes on other types of lies like defamation or libel. And I, I say, and Walter Block says, and many libertarians say that defamation is not a property rights uh, crime. And the reason it's not a property rights crime is because what is defamation? Well, defamation is telling a lie about someone and people then change their opinions about that person based on that lie. And they no longer go to a store and buy and uh, pay for his things. Okay. So I don't have a right to other people's money or their business, right? So, um, and I don't have a right to have other people think of me a certain way, the way I would like them to think of me as. So, uh, so therefore, you know, it can't be a violation of the non-aggression principle or property rights to uh, tell a lie about someone that just means that I won't do business with them anymore. Um, so there's that. And I think the last point was, uh, oh, contract killing. Okay. Uh, yes. No, not contract. contract killing, but like even just like inciting violence, let's say. Right. Yeah. And I think that actually Canadian law from what I've seen is pretty much in line with what I think about this, which is essentially, um, you know, it's been a while since I looked at it, but if there's reason to believe that people will carry out um, some violence when you say those words, uh, then you bear some responsibility for sure. I think ultimately the person that does the killing bears the most responsibility because they could choose not to, but you also bear some responsibility uh, for inciting that violence. If you are saying general things, you know, and some psychopath goes off and, you know, then, then I think there's a less clear case. So mm -hmm. I think there, there's a standard in Canadian law, and I think it's based on common law, that there has to be uh, a clear, reasonable man expectation that someone would go out and commit violence if you said that. So in a, with the jury of peers taking into account the whole context of everything, um, then we could say, but yeah, that, that gets, starts to get into the gray area where you really want that jury of peers to consider all the context around it to, to figure out whether the words you said um, were at least in part responsible for that violence. Yeah. And I, I most, I, I essentially agree with everything you outlined. I think like the fundamental premise of where the right to free speech comes from in libertarian, in your view, it comes from property rights. And in, I don't have a full view, but I know an objectivism. Well, ultimately it comes, it comes from, from self-ownership. 
Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, it's it's not uh, an important point uh, for this conversation, at least, and I also don't understand it that well. Um, but I want to emphasize that you know the question is how far should free speech go? But the laws around free speech are preventing the government from preventing your speech, right? Like you right. said, it's it's not that oh, everyone can put whatever they want on Facebook or yell whatever they want in any sphere, in any space, right? We yeah. did another episode on free speech and it's very much the reason it's sort of an issue is because there's all of these, quote, public spaces and then the government needs to make the rules that they'd have for the spaces they, quote, own, right? It would be yes. much more simple if everyone could choose this, the, the rules for their individual space. And so one example, you know, there was a couple guys in Toronto distributing like an anti-Semitic newspaper and they got sent to prison. I think that's absurd, right? But, you yeah. know, the, the public doesn't want this happening in their pro on their property, right, right? right? And so that's why it becomes, you know, this, this slippery slope, let's say, issue but really, if all pro like I wouldn't let these anti-Semites on my property, they wouldn't be allowed to distribute right. their magazine anywhere. Like so the fact that there is all of this public space then mm -hmm. leads to more of these issues. But I think really it's about the government cannot prevent you from doing stuff. Um, and I think yeah. I, I think I essentially agree with the the libel case and with the fire case, because again, that would be the private property. And I think, yeah, the most important point for the, uh, you know, incitement to violence is um, it has to be dealt with on a case by case basis. There is no broad rule you could say about this. You did cause this death. You didn't cause this death. And it really has to be dealt with on a case by case basis. And I think like, yeah, yeah, a reasonable premise. Yeah, like the, the, there, there's a spectrum, right? Like if, if I go to someone and I say, here is some money and I want you to go kill David Birnbaum, all right? Uh, now, I clearly have a responsibility there in your death for that speech, right? On the other hand, I could say, oh, I wish all Jews were dead and just like and then, jokingly in a podcast with a Jew, right? And yeah. uh, someone goes out and kills David Birnbaum, because I said that, well, I don't think I have any responsibility right. because of the context, right? And then there's all the cases in between. And so there yeah. has to be, you know, all, everything taken into consideration uh, there. Um, I, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah. So a lot of free, free speech advocates don't get the property rights connection here. And so they get mad at... Um, Facebook and say the government ought to do something or they get mad at, uh, you know, a university that doesn't allow a speaker onto campus or something like that. Um, and, you know, again, we have to come back to looking at this from a property rights perspective, even if we have, let's say, a free speech university where anyone can come, you know, it, let's say it's a private university just to take the government public thing out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, a university's job is to promote free speech, right? And And there's there's what we're talking about here as free speech as a property right and the you know and that we ought to limit government and, and violence around free speech but then there's also the idea of just promoting free speech as a general thing of the like it's a it's good a it, it would be good it would be valuable if facebook was more of a free speech platform it would be valuable if private universities were more free speech yeah. because that would be better for things you know that's a good thing but 
they don't have to be. It, it might be good if there was a free, you know, if my if I had allowed more speech at the kitchen table, um, or something like that, right? Yeah. But you know, universities. Let's say they're having a debate. You could say that's a free speech thing, but also there's a lot of regulation around the speech that's occurring in that auditorium. Each speaker, you know, speakers aren't speaking at the same time. They're taking turns, right? And if they were to, and so if everyone in the audience were to exercise their right to free speech all at the same time, no ideas would be transmitted. It would just be one cacophony of sounds and nothing would be said back and forth. So even in these free speech forums, there are rules dictated by the property owners and the, the patrons of the event and all those kinds of things. People came there to, you know, so we don't want audience members speaking. We want the, the debaters to speak one at a time and follow certain rules. So, you know, this, this kind of idea that you can just say whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, no, there's still rules around even how we have conversations and, and norms and stuff like that. Right. So we want to be able to freely transmit these ideas without physical interference. Um, so I, I think, again, it, it all comes back to property rights. That's the only way to, to conceive of this uh, that makes any sense. Uh, otherwise, you would just have to say everyone in the auditorium can speak all at once at the same time. And they're just exercising their free speech right. Well, I don't, I don't think we want that, right? Right. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm thinking we, we end this here and do a new, a different episode for the other submitted topic. What do you think? Okay, sounds good. So stay tuned, everyone. Next time, we'll have another user-submitted topic around a similar issue. And if you want to submit topics, go to thelibertyexperts.com and support us. Mm-hmm.